It's Tuesday, April 25th, and you're tuned into the Cleveland Baseball Talk podcast. I'm Joe Noga, joined by Paul Hoynes. Hoynesy, the Guardians fall six to nothing uh, in the opening game of a three-game set with the Colorado Rockies. Uh, not not a lot of fun at the ballpark last night in 44 degree temperatures, and the offense just hasn't been hitting. Uh, the, the good news is, uh, you know, with the offense struggling the way they are. Uh, they were doing the exact same thing last year. They weren't hitting at this point in the season last year, and uh, that, things worked out pretty good for them at, uh, by September. Uh, is there any reason to have hope that that's going to be the same case this year? Yeah, I think we've got to be patient, Joe. Uh, you know, the, they played a lot of games on the road. They haven't played, you know, a lot of games at home, and when they have, have been home, they haven't played particularly well at home. Uh, you know, they've, they've dealt with weather. They've dealt with, uh, you know, just a, a, an offense that hasn't been very productive. But, you know, we've seen this before out of Terry Francona teams, you know, where, you know, April does not go, is not a, you know, a thing of beauty. And, uh, they usually snap out of it. But, uh, you know, there, there's some disturbing patterns here, Joe. I mean, um, I was looking at the stats and, um, they have faced left-handed starters in seven of the last eight games, and uh, they are one in six in those games. Now that left-handed starter doesn't didn't get the win in all those games, but uh, it set the tone. So you know if there's a weakness on this ball club, and and I'm sure the other 29 teams have noticed that. You know they're going to line their left-handed starters up, and that's they're going the the Guardians are going to see a steady diet of that. Yeah, and and that's historically it's been the case as well. There have been years uh, in the Terry Francona era when uh, the Guardians just simply couldn't hit left-handers or, or were were just uh, a mess offensively when they when they faced uh, lefties. Uh, Austin Gomber last night comes into the game with more than a, a 12 ERA, uh, and he goes out there and, and holds them to what four hits in the game. Uh, Stephen Kwan has three of them. And uh, just uh, an, an all-around miserable performance, especially with runners on base. I mean, that's that's the thing. In in situations where in the first inning, you know, they get Stephen Kwan to third base with less than two outs, and then uh, Jose Ramirez, uh, you know, the guy you're expecting to to come through in big situations like that, uh, hits a weak grounder back to the pitcher, uh, and and you know, the the worst possible outcome for an at bat like that. Uh, and you know, the, the only thing he could have done that wouldn't have gotten a run home. And, and that's exactly what happened. Yeah. And that's, uh, you know, when a club isn't going well, that's, that's usually what happens. Uh, you know, their best hitters roll over, or they hit a weak capper back to the mound. They don't get the run home. And then, you know, that takes, uh, deflates the inning. So, uh, it's just, uh, you know, it's one, <laughs> it's just, you know, it's just one thing after another right now. And, you know, you thought they were coming out of it Sunday, you know, when they they had a good offensive game against the Marlins and a lefty, the one lefty they've beaten in the last, you know, seven, eight days. And, um, you know, it just it just didn't, uh, you know, carry over until uh, Monday night. And, uh, you know, obviously Monday night was that was a miserable day to play a baseball game. But, you know, that was probably not only was it a, a poor performance, Joe, it was boring. Yeah, that, that's it, it moved quickly and there was there was just nothing to get excited about. Cal Quantrill comes out, uh, gives up the, uh, the the first inning uh, or I'm, I'm sorry. Yeah, the, the first inning home run to Jerks and Profar. 
and and from there it was just a like you said an unremarkable uninspiring un un uh, unwatchable uh baseball game uh for for Cleveland uh these these starters need to need to get their act together i think uh or or else change is, is going to be coming I, I, I you get the feeling that uh there is some some un, uneasiness some un, un uh, unrest in, among the starting uh pitchers yeah uh you know i know uh you know obviously they don't have a starter for wednesday um you know they've uh Terry Francona has been talking about the new wave of starters coming I you know I don't know if that means uh you know Quantrill and Plesac and uh, Bieber and everybody else have to start looking over their shoulders you know I don't I'm not sure when that sh- wave is going to wash on up on the shores of uh, Lake Erie or Progressive Field but uh you know that, that was kind of a message it sounded like to me Mm-hmm. Yeah, and you know, McKenzie's hurt. Uh, he's not due back until the end of May. Uh, Savali's on the injured list again, and this is a guy who just can't seem to stay healthy. Quantrill and Plesac have been inconsistent. It would be a nice way to put it. Uh, I, I downright awful. Uh, you know, most of the time when they're out there, Quantrill, we we kind of expected a little bit more out of him. He's been historically really good at home in in all of his uh, his starts over his career uh the last two or three he's been been roughed up pretty well uh he was better in in Detroit in their last game there but uh you know he, he needs to sort of show signs that he's putting it together his his fastball command uh Tito said was was just spotty and and unpredictable yeah you know and he he had a, the same uh it, you know, he, he he was talking about delivery problems, smoothing out his delivery, still having to work his, you know, get his delivery in line. You know, this is a guy that ramped up early to pitch in the WBC, uh, you know, pitch for Canada. Um, and really kind of, if you look back at his spring, it was an uneven spring. You know, he was kind of in and out. He had, you know, the one really good game where he retired like 16, 17 straight against the Giants. But for the most part, it was kind of, a, you know, an in and out spring. And that's carried over into the season. Now, like you said, he pitched six scoreless innings against Detroit in his la- in his previous start before last night. But last night he just, you know, he struggled. You know, he gave up the run early. And it continued from there. So this is all putting a little more pressure on a kid like Peyton Battenfield, who's getting a start uh, tonight. Uh, and, and he's really got to go out there and, and, you know, help the bullpen out, uh, maybe go uh, deep. And maybe maybe Tito might have to stick with him uh, a, a bit longer than he might necessarily want to. Uh, it would be nice to see the offense spread the game out a little bit for him. Uh, but and, and certainly they're capable of doing that against a Colorado team that came in uh, not very good, and and uh, you know they they just have yet to take advantage against teams that they should be beating right now. Yeah, you know uh, the Rockies came in having lost eleven of their last twelve. They're uh, you know kind of I don't know if they're the Amer- they're the National League version of the uh, of the Oakland A's. They I don't think it's that it's that bad, but you know they, what they were seven and sixteen, seven and nineteen, seven and sixteen, something like that. So, uh, you know, they, they've been struggling and, you know, you, you, it's usually, you know, a good recipe to take advantage of a team like that. But, uh, you know, obviously, uh, <laughs> you know, six to nothing is you, you're not taking advantage of a team that's struggling when you get beat six to nothing. And they just, uh, it was kind of a lackluster night. And, uh, you know, except for Quan, you know, who had three of the four hits 
you know, it was a night, a forgettable night. And, you know, usually, Joey, when you think about it, you know, the baseball season is so long that there's usually 20 to 25, maybe 30 games like this where really nothing happens. And, uh, you know, so maybe you just chalk that up to one of those games and you try to, and uh, hopefully they, they get a good start out of Battenfield tonight. You know, he, what his last time out against Detroit, he goes six innings, one run, three hits, five strikeouts. You know, he looked very, very good. So uh, we'll see how he does tonight. Does this team need some sort of exorcism? Do they need a, a, a pregame <laughs> ceremony in the clubhouse where they, you know, they get a bucket of chicken or something? I, I don't know what the, this team needs something. We thought uh, Sunday when we saw them in the game, uh, in in the clubhouse Sunday morning, we saw them. They were, you know, bouncing around, uh, happy, uh, playing uh, playing music. Uh, the, the attitude looked good, uh, and and we thought, oh man, this team's going to go on a run and they're going to, you know, win some games here, uh, sweep a series or something like that. It just wasn't the case. Uh, it, when does a when does a team need to resort to drastic measures like that? Joe, I hope the last time I saw them do something like that, it was uh, they were in uh, they were in uh, Minneapolis at Target Field. And, you know, Jan Gomes was in a terrible slump. So they they you know, they did a ceremony to get Gomes out of this out of his slump. And he he hits an infield single trips over first base and dislocates his shoulder and goes on on the injured list so maybe ceremonies are not the right are right not the right course to take right now i think yeah. they just have to play better baseball yeah that was uh that was mike napoli in a uh in, in a toga i believe was yeah. part of the, the ceremony so yeah uh who knows uh tito uh usually knows the way to the right timing to do something like that i remember he uh he got them a, a Papa Shot machine that they put in the uh, in the clubhouse in Kansas City one time uh, when they when they were in a slump real bad uh, something like that to to sort of loosen the mood up and and break things up. So you know who knows uh, something might be coming in in that regard. But you're right, they just need to play better. And and the other thing uh, you know you alluded to it before uh, Wednesday they are going to need a starter. There is going to have to be a roster move made. There is going to be some sort of you know movement coming. Uh, in this and and part of that could be the 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 logical uh, choice. All signs are right now pointing uh, to Tanner Bibby. The uh, he was at AAA. He's a, a fifth round draft choice in 2021, and he's the number five prospect in uh, in the Guardian system. Uh, he could be up here making his major league debut just like Logan Allen did on Sunday. Yeah, for sure. You know, he's he's had he's off to a decent start at uh, Columbus. Uh, you know, really came on last year, uh, picked up a lot of velocity. Um, and, uh, yeah, you know, it's it just, you know, he's the next guy up, Joe. You know, I'm, unfortunately, you know, Xavier Curry was in line for that start, uh, you know, but he had to be used last night, three and a third scoreless inning. So, you know, that takes him out of the equation. And, uh, you know, I just, you know, they, they really have nowhere else to turn. I mean, I guess they could start Connor Pilkington, you know, that he's on the 40 man and, uh, uh, Bybee is not on the 40 man. So, you know, they have to make what two moves to, to get him up here and in the rotation on Wednesday. Right. But Pilkington, uh, did, it would be on short rest if that was the case. And I think he only threw 51 pitches, but still, uh, you know, in an ideal situation, uh, you'd rather have Bybee, who's uh, scheduled to start tonight in Columbus. So 
we should know pretty early uh, today if if he's been scratched and if he shows up uh, in the clubhouse uh, around two o'clock today, then we'll know he'll he'll be making that start uh, tomorrow uh, and, and be able to get that information out there. But, uh, you know, if they decide to go in a different direction, like you said, there's uh, there's limited options. Uh, James Harris, the assistant GM, uh, talked about on Sunday morning that for that Sunday start, uh, it could have been Logan Allen. It could have been. It wound up. It wound up being Logan Allen. It could have been Tanner B- uh, Bybee, uh, Gavin Williams, another name uh, that uh, could have uh, pitched in that uh, situation. He's been lighting it up uh, down at Double A. We've seen guys make the jump from Double A uh, in the past if they're ready. Uh, they found that Logan Allen was the the right choice for that, and and he certainly worked out. Uh, what are your uh, what do you think the chances are that uh, that Bybee could come up here and and be effective at least for uh, even if it's just a a one and done spot start? Yeah, I think you know you know usually in that situation the pitcher has an advantage. No one has seen him. You know the the scouting reports are you know kind of uh, there's a, there's a th- you know the scouting reports aren't are thin. Uh, you know you have video obviously, but you know the advantage usually goes to the pitcher in those situations. And if uh, Bybee is uh, you know if he has been groomed like uh, most uh, the Cleveland starters that come up, you know they they aren't afraid. They 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 look like they're ready to pitch in the big leagues. They aren't overwhelmed by the moment. Now you know obviously everybody's different, but uh, if you know, Logan Allen certainly looked like he belonged, Joe, on Sunday. I mean, in his big league debut. Now, obviously, uh, Bybee, I mean, Allen has a little more experience than Bybee. But, uh, you know, anything can happen right now, Joe. And I think, you know, these. this is, uh, this is you know, what the farm system is built around, pitching, developing pitching. You know, and when the opportunity knocks, you know, this is the chance for uh, Bybee and anyone else to shine. So, you know, yeah, I think he could do, I think if it's his chance, if it's his turn, you know, he'll do the best he can. And, uh, you know, you just kind of, you know, like Tito says, it won't define his career, but, you know, it would certainly, you know, get it off to a good start if he pitches well and if, and if he's the choice. Well, if Bybee is in the uh, clubhouse, we'll know that that's the, uh, the move. Uh, our subtext subscribers will be the first to know about it because we'll send that information out to them as soon as we find out. Uh, and you can sign up uh, and, and join our subtext uh, group for $3.99 a month. Uh, instant uh, text messages and updates about the Guardians from Hoinsey and myself. Uh, you can send a message to 216-208-4346 or log on to uh, cliven.com slash subtext to join. Uh, we'd love to interact with you and, uh, you know, have a have a conversation about the Guardians and, and get your questions and feedback about it as well. Part of the uh, the, the best part of the experience with uh, with our subtext subscribers. Uh, we we got uh, we got some news out of the Guardians yesterday. Uh, Manny Ramirez uh, will be joining the Guardians Hall of Fame. The uh, the first class of, of uh, you know, guardian uh, of, of players inducted uh, to the Hall of Fame since 2016. Uh, he is going to uh, go in during the game uh, on or prior to the game against Detroit, along with Dale Mitchell on August 19th. Uh, also be a, a Manny Ramirez bobblehead giveaway that day. Uh, Hall of Fame uh, ceremony day is is always a you know a, a really special 
uh, time for the franchise. They, they they roll out the red carpet for these guys and, and get the alumni all, all back uh, at the ballpark. Just uh, a lot of fun to to cover those games and be around the uh, the real legends uh, for the franchise. And Manny Ramirez is certainly one of those. Yeah, Manny, uh, certainly a great right-handed hitter. You know, probably the best right-handed hitter I've I've ever seen. You know, and uh, Julio Franco was a close second. But, you know, Manny could hit for average, hit for power. Uh, you know, he was a productive uh, hitter, 555 uh, career home runs. Uh, and he always made it interesting. You know, I loved what uh, Terry Francona said yesterday. You know, all bets were off when he left the batter's box because you just didn't know exactly what Manny was going to do once he got to first base. But it was always exciting. Uh, and, uh, you know, it is, it isn't a little unusual for me, Joe. This is a guy that, you know, tested multiple times positive for PEDs. And, uh, you know, the Guardians kind of, you know, stepped out of the box here to put him in the Hall of Fame. And, uh, you know, I think it's that, you know, relationship with that night, those, that, those 1990 teams, you know, that were, that were so dominant, that were, you know, load, had an all-star at every position. You know, the fans have, Long to that team, you know, for for a long, long time, and uh, it's kind of a, with the organization. I think it's kind of a love hate relationship. You know, they they have gone in a different direction. Obviously, you know, they they have gone away from power. They've gone to you know to, they they've tried to build this team from the farm system up, and uh, you know it's a pitching oriented team. You know, those teams were based on power. They they were going to beat you to death and. Uh, and but you know you can't but they but this organization can't let go of that either because they know the fans have lo- love that team you know that that lineup you know the, you could probably stop somebody on the street in downtown Cleveland and they could still name that the most of that 1995 lineup so you know it, it's an interesting choice for Manny uh, I'm happy for him and it's it should be a fun day. Yeah, I, I thought about you when when they first released the uh, the news about that announcement. I thought about you because uh, because of your position about voting uh, on, on in the Hall of Fame uh, with Ramirez, and and you know you covered uh, those teams as closely and as well as anybody uh, for that that entire time. Uh, but you know, part of it is a, a away from all of that. It, Manny did, as far as we know, Manny was was caught doing all the the PED stuff after he was in Cleveland. You know, the the years that he was in Cleveland were were sort of like the classic. You know, the the way you think about Manny Ramirez when when you think about him as a young ball player. He went on to Boston and you know with Terry Francona won two World Series and the numbers were are you and I were looking at some of the numbers. His numbers in Cleveland and Boston, same amount of time, and and the the numbers are. are eerily similar, uh, except for, you know, a lot more home runs and a lot more RBIs uh, because of the, the green monster in, in Fenway, you're playing there. Uh, and, and and maybe it's because of the PEDs as well. But uh, I, I just think that when I think about Manny Ramirez, I think about the young guy who came up in, in 95. And, and I, I, I want to picture him that way. Uh, and, and that's, I think, one of the things that the, the franchise is sort of hoping that the fans will cling to is, you know, that that image of of Manny as a younger ball player, you know, almost, uh, you know, too dumb for his own good in some in some situations. Uh, and, you know, he, he didn't know what he didn't know at, the, at that time. Uh, 
Uh, and Terry Francona said he, he was, uh, there was almost a lovable quality to him at, at that point. Uh, you know, when he was in or his early days in Boston too. So yeah, I, I can understand why they want to put him in, in the hall of fame. He'll be the last guy from those 95 teams, I think, uh, to get in, uh, those mid nineties, uh, world series teams, you know, Omar's in Kenny's in. Carlos Baerga's in. Uh, even Albert Bell, who didn't show up for the ceremony, is in. Charles Nagy <laughs> is in. So, uh, I mean, when you think of that roster, those are the names that, that that really left the impression and stood out and, you know, sort of ingrained themselves in, in Cleveland's consciousness. You're right. Anybody in downtown Cleveland you stop would be able to name that roster because it's on a T-shirt. Uh, I think uh, GV Artwork has a T-shirt with that uh that whole roster on the back of it, you know, summer in 95, the, the classic, you, you just think of it. So, uh, you know, a lot of, a lot of fun, uh, fun memories. And we'll have a lot of fun memories, uh, telling the stories, you know, Tito told the story of, uh, Manny cutting off the throw in left field from, uh, Johnny Damon at, at Fenway <laughs> park. And, you know, he went in the, uh, the, he, Johnny Damon comes in his, his office after the game. And he says, you know, he closes the door and he's like, you know, you got to give him credit. It was an athletic play to, to to make the play, even though it was the wrong thing. And Tito said, I didn't want to laugh, but I did. You know, it was, it was uh, there's a million stories like that. And hopefully a million of them will come out uh, prior to August 19th. Uh, should be a lot of fun. We also found out that uh, uh, Tito's in need of a, a mechanic. I, I think uh, he's, he's looking for somebody to fix the hog. Uh, he had to walk to the ballpark the other day. Yeah, Joe, this is this is bad news, man. The hog, the hog has been through everything. You know, they tried to steal it. They uh, exist, you know, got in the dead of winter in Cleveland. It's, they it's hit still batting, rolling. They hit, they hit <laughs> batting practice off of it. Uh, yeah, that's right. It's still and it's still rolling now. It won't start. So yeah, they've got to. I don't know where where can they take it. They've got to have some mechanic. You know, I don't know if there's a mechanic at Progressive Field or they got to take it to uh, some garage somewhere and get it tuned up. Yeah, I always always get uh, great to get Tito talking about uh, his uh, his beloved scooter, and uh, we'll uh, we'll we'll track its progress to see if it it gets fixed anytime between now and then. Uh, all right, Hoinsey, the uh, series continues. Peyton Battenfield on the mound again uh, tonight. Uh, hopefully, the Guardians can get back on track before uh, and get a couple of games here against the Rockies uh, before they head out on the road and the uh, the schedule gets a little tougher. Yeah, definitely. They need to uh, you know. Play well these last two games, finish the home stand on a good note, and and uh, you know go out on the road and where they you know they played better than they have at home, Joe. They've been on the road for most of April and uh, they'll end uh, you know they'll end April on the road as well when they go to uh, Boston and uh, New York. Well, they got a righty on the mound for Colorado, Ryan Feltner tonight, so uh, maybe they got a a better chance there. All right, Hines, that'll wrap it up for today's edition of the Cleveland Baseball Talk podcast. We'll catch you again tomorrow. All right, Joe.